three, two, to the one. Hey, this is Coach Will from Offer Football. Offer Football is a position-specific technical program. Okay. How do you feel about that? Uh, I got to be more enthusiastic. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. But just let it flow a little bit more. Yeah. I, yeah. You're thinking too it's much, robotic. Coach. It's robotic. Yeah, you're thinking too much. Yeah. Don't think, man. Just let it flow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I was rolling. I, I, was, I was trying not to show my family. Yeah. Three and two to one. <laughs> two to one. <laughs> 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 Coach, do you think it'd help if we muted our uh, video? Oh no, I just can't like see none staring at you. No, I don't see none of y'all because I got the um, the chat on. Oh okay. Oh okay. Three and two to one. <laughs> <laughs> oh for football, guys. Hmm. You're listening to the Encouragers Podcast Show. What's up, fellas? Hey, hey what's up, coach? coach? <laughs> hey, man, I was reading that when you guys were the liquidations from Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need to get into that, bro. What's up? I don't know anything about it. Joe has just mentioned it. Him and Je- and him and Tech were talking about it. So what, yeah, Joe? You just yeah. you just bid on it? No. So the one that I'm, I'm doing sound like- is uh, the Walmart one. I have, I'm not sure about, but the one that I heard uh, of is from a guy on TikTok who does it full time. And basically, what he does is he he goes onto the Facebook Marketplace and then he'll type in. Um, like liquidation sale, and then after he does it, it'll give him a listing of places where you can buy um, items that, like, uh, distributors didn't purchase because uh, they didn't have any money, and then they sell it for like dirt cheap because they just want to move the product. So <clears throat> you just message them and say, "Hey, is this item still available? Will you take three hundred bucks?" And I did that to about fifteen people, and one lady was like. Yeah, you know, I'll send you pictures. If you want to come out tomorrow to look at the product, you can. So I'm going tomorrow. Um, it's about 35, 40 minutes away to see if it's a good, any good. And if it is, I'm going to pay 25 bucks to have it shipped to my house. And I'll just put it on my garage and open up the Amazon seller account and eBay account and start posting everything. I said, I got an empty garage, man. I'm ready to do it too, bro. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, <clears throat> you the, you find people all over the place that, you know, sell things on eBay full-time or sell things on Amazon full-time. And, you know, they make 80 or 90K a year. But a lot of that money comes from, on, from them after they're done doing their 9-to-5 job. You know what I'm saying? 
So they go to work at, you know, seven in the morning, get off at three, hang out with the kids. When they go to bed at 839, they spend nine to about midnight, nine to one or two, filling out orders. And then in the morning when they go to work, they'll just leave 15 minutes early, take everything to the post office, ship, send it all out with tracking or whatever. And that's how they make their money. Yeah, what sounds most attractive about that piece is that you can make as much money as you put work in, you know? Mm-hmm. You're not limited. So as much as you want to put in, as much as you want to purchase, it's up to you. That's what's mm-hmm. so attractive about that. Yeah. 95K, dang. That's a side hustle. Yeah. That's a side hustle. That's a different That's a tax of- bracket. Yeah. And honestly, if you think about it, if you if you really think about it, if we do get this stimulus, it's going to be more money than the first one. Like, I'm not saying we're going to get it. I'm not sure if we are now. But if it does come, if you find an opportunity like this and you want to see if it's going to work and you know you're going to have a couple extra hundred dollars that you, you might end up spending on some shoes or something, give it a try, dude. I'd rather try something out and fail and then just give the product away than think to myself, dang, you know, I could have been making all this money years ago. I was just too afraid to try because it was three or four hundred dollars. You know what I'm saying? So, <clears throat> you know, I really hope it works out tomorrow when I go on and look at all this, uh, all that stuff. And um, if it works out, dude, I really want to just. I really want to do it. Give the lady 75% up front. And when those guys bring that, that liquidated items to my house and put in my garage, I'll give the rest of the money and time to put, put in that work. That's right. That's the thing that separates the 1% from the rest of you know the people is they take the information that they heard or learned of and they execute on it. That's it, right? Mm-hmm. That's all we got to do is just keep executing. Yeah, knowledge is not power. Knowledge applied is power. Mm. Say that one more time, Tech, for those for those in the back. <laughs> say, say that one more time for those in the back, Tech. What was that? Knowledge is not power, but knowledge applied is power. Mm. Yeah. Just, just think about it, guys. Just think about all the mixes we've ever been to, all the family gatherings that we've ever been to, and there's always been that one person that's been like, I'm going to go give this a try. You know, I'm going to do it. And, you know, we were like, why, dog? You're wasting your money. Like, don't try that. You know, and then they go and try and they're super successful. And they're like, dang, dude, it worked for you. Why can't it work for me? But we don't act on it. You know what I'm saying? I'm willing to risk this $400 to see if it's going to be an investment in myself. You know, I'm... I'm betting on myself to to win, you know, and if I lose, at least I tried. But, you know, I can make that three, four hundred dollars up doing something else. You know, I just want to bet on myself and believe that I'm going to win, that I'm going to I'm going to make the money that I want to make. You know, I'm just I'm just tired of talking about it. You know, I want to be a man of action. I want to get it done. So if the product is legit, if the product is legit. I'm gonna I'm gonna run with it and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. That's great. That's good on you. Good on you, Joe. Keep doing it, man. Dude, go for it and let yeah. us know how it is. You yeah, said it was sure. co- 
colognes. It was colognes and then a bunch of like baby products and like some rice makers, um, like the little diaper things where kids were, um, you can put a bunch of diapers that are soiled um, in the thing and then close the top. I can I don't know what the name of that thing. Diaper is. disposals. Yeah, diaper disposals. Yeah. A bunch of those things. So a bunch of cologne, a bunch of uh, rice cookers. Man, I'm excited. I just Dude, that's really hard, hope man. that this is like really legit. Yeah, I really hope it's legit. And, you know, I'll put it on here that if it ends up working out and everything is legit, <clears throat> I will go in on another order with one of you guys or all, or all of you guys if you want. We can all split one and then all we'll, we'll have it sent to one of you guys. And then when one of you guys gets successful, then the next one of you guys will put in, you know, a little bit of something in for the next person. That way, you know, we're all being successful at it, you know what I'm saying? Not just me. So it's not just me making all this money. I want everybody else in our group to make it, you know what I'm saying? That way in December, we can really all be together in Hawaii or Jamaica, chilling with our families, <laughs> kicking it, you know what I'm saying? I love so, it, man. Corona's going to keep us home. Oh man! <laughs> so you're saying uh, the next the next pallet would come to me? Then I would have to organize the whole pallet, take it up, mm -hmm. do all the labeling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so basically, yeah, so, organize everything. <laughs> so basically, basically, what I'm saying is, is it, if this works out, and, so pretty much do work. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So, so yeah. So basically. I won't invest in you because I believe in you. You know what I'm saying? So let's say you find a pallet near you and it's like $800. Oh, I'll put in $400. I'll go half on it with you because I believe that you're going to take this pallet and sell all the product. You know, does that make sense? That way you're not going in it alone. I'm going in it with you. I'm going to keep you accountable because I'm investing $400. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not going to ask you for anything back. I just want to do it so you know that somebody else is there to kind of be like, okay, he invested in me. He believes in me. I can do it. Does that make sense? And then... Yeah, you sound like the books I've been reading, man. Yeah. Hey, man, I'm just saying, dude, I don't want to, like, live the rest of my life and not believe in myself and the people I'm, I surround myself with in a lot of books and a lot of memes, it says be around people that want to be just as successful as you. So if that means that I have to step out of my comfort zone to try something out, and if it does become successful, dude, I'm bringing it to you guys because it's bringing me money. I want y'all to have the same money that I'm getting too, you know. But you're going to have to put some work in it on your own. You know what I'm saying? So I'm really excited, and I hope it works out. Because How did you hear about this money. project? Dude, it was on TikTok. I was on TikTok scrolling through, and this 20-year-old kid, I'll, I'll find the link, and I'll send it to you guys. But the kid was like, dude, I've been making money doing this on the side for a year. And he straight up said all he does is he goes to Facebook, he goes to the marketplace, and then he says wholesale liquidation. And then he finds ones that are in his area and he'll buy it. And then when he gets it, he sells all of 
all of it on either eBay or Amazon. And, and he showed he made like seven or $8,000 in a month. Um, and he's been doing that for over a year and a year or two now. And that's what he does full time. He just buys liquidation pallets and sells them. That's it. So I don't, I don't know if I will be as successful as he is. I just know that I want to provide the opportunity for myself to be successful. So, so that's, that's my goal. You know, three months from now, I want to be able to get help notice on a pallet. Three months from, from then, six months from then, I want to help Will get a pallet. You know, I want, and then we'll help tech, and then we'll all get together at the end of the year. And we'll all just uh, find a pallet that's worth 10 or 15K because we're all making money. We'll all go in on ourselves and we'll divvy it up and then we'll all sell. And then we'll just create our own wholesale business where we all become partners, 25% ownership on each of us. And then all we do is we buy liquidation pallets and we sell them on our website, theencouragers.com.org. Always? Something. We have to think of something, but we 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 can all invest in this. You know what I'm saying? It's not just the pongies or other people that can build small businesses into conglomerates. Like I'm not saying we'll be Amazon, but it sure as hell would be nice to wake up every morning, check your bank account, and see thirty or forty different payments for like eight hundred dollars and above. You know what I'm saying? It'd be nice to wake up and not have to go and work somewhere because you have to, but it'll be nice to work somewhere because you want to, because you know you're making lots of money and you want to help other people. So got to have that vision, man. I really want it to work out. Dude. I'm willing to, t to take that risk and I hope it pays off. I'm going to write that down on my goal book. No reward without risk, right? No reward yeah. without risk. Investing in money yourself. don't make money. Yep. Yeah. Back. Wait, wait, say that one more time, coach. Now, I was just thinking about all the buzzwords that uh, Joe was just talking about. He talked about taking risks, investing in yourself, investing in others, believing. Um, just a lot of the buzzwords I've been reading and listening to all these podcasts and um all the books that i've been reading that's that's a lot of what it's just a com it's just a common term with all the successful people that joe's been talking about yeah that is a common term that's what's up joe what were you saying tech what were you saying just now yeah i was just saying the same thing like um one uh one of the podcasts i was listening to had arnold in it and he's talking about to always dream big because pretty much it's better to aim for the stars and miss than to aim for the garbage and hit it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm. hey, one more time. <laughs> one more time. One more time for the people in the back. What was that? Quote that. Quote that. <laughs> one more time, Tag, what was that? No, I was just saying because I, I listened to a podcast and had Arnold in it, and he pretty much said to dream big, always dream big. But then that people are scared to dream big because they're scared to fail. But uh, the bottom line was, he was just saying, it's better to aim for the stars and miss than to aim for the garbage and hit it. Mm. 
Mm -hmm. But that was like pretty much the moral of his uh, his little speech that he was given. See, the thing with about all this stuff, like all the positive, you know, all the things that we're listening to, like we we seek that stuff. Like, you know, that's we're trying to better ourselves. Like, what are you, what do you do with the people that are just day to day not doing anything, man? Like, don't even involve themselves. Don't even think about this type of you know bettering and seeking improving self-improvement what do you like you you gotta want to be a person to be wanted to self-improve right or else you're not going to get it what do you think your thoughts on that i believe it also i've i've heard somebody say that if you're the smartest person in the room you need to find another room and i feel that that's true you know in order to be more successful than you are, you need to find other people that are doing better than you, regardless of age, because they've found a way to be better at something than you are. So but if you what makes find, a person, what, why would you want to do that? If you're just, you know, go to work, come home, go to work, come home, like where, where do you want to do it? Like, how do you, how does someone get to that point? Like, you got to want to, right? Yeah. Um, I think I think when it comes to a point when people hit rock bottom, they're tired of the way life is going for them. They're tired of going to their nine to five. They know there's something better. And then the thing is, they, got, they start going out there and looking for what's better. Because hmm. it doesn't, this, I mean, this type of thinking, this, it doesn't just happen. I mean, no. It, you, I, think, I think something's got to happen to them before they yeah. can have this type of thinking. And I think they hit rock bottom. Yeah. Either I mean, they hit rock bottom rock. or they just yeah. or they just uh, have that change. they get getting tired of working their nine to five and try to do yeah. something I mean, else. You know, one of the things yeah. that I've learned um, from reading and from doing my own studies is like the people who are really successful they've always had somebody, they always had the power of mentorship to kind of guide them, to kind of help them. They can't just do it by themselves because they don't know where to go, you know? And so a lot of the people, they've, they've tried to try to find a person to kind of help them lead and try to fulfill their desires. And that's why they've, they're, they're, they are where they are. And I think that's what the importance of this podcast is try to create conversation, try to create encouragement for those who are looking for something better, you know? So for all those who are listening right now that hit rock bottom, man, this is the reason why we kind of put this together, mm. you know, specifically for us, you know, mm. us five, us four, yeah. plus Paul. But um, that's, that's, that's a commonality from reading a lot of these books. They've always had somebody there to guide them. And then the thing that I heard, you know, I keep on, there's levels to it. You know, you can't just come in here and go with the Jeff Bezos already, you know, have that mentality and that work ethic. There's levels little by little. You, you hear something on maybe on a podcast or you see something on a Instagram quote and you go from there. Right. Absolutely. Man, we had the, we wanted to talk about the poly spotlight with the, you know, this being the highest, uh, NFL draft with Polynesian players. Yeah, I just read somewhere that this year's NFL 2020 draft, NFL draft, was the highest Polynesian draft class that we've had. 
Give it up. Let's give it up for yeah. Polly, man. And 100. even the I don't I don't know the how many Polly's got drafted, but I just read that there's quite a bit, and there's a lot of undrafted free agents that got drafted as well. Yeah, that's huge, man. I know Tua was you know the main Polynesian spotlight. I mean, like he was he had a lot of attention on him because of what he did in at Alabama. But man, there's several other cats, man. Now you see every year a lot of Polynesians going to the NFL. And we knew this yeah. was gonna happen. It was just a matter of time. Wow. Say that one more time, coach. We knew this was gonna happen. Yeah, we knew that this was gonna happen. I think the, the, the sport of football kind of fits our our demeanor and fits our culture, you know. The aggressive, the smarts, the quickness. Just we're just too big and too fast to not be successful in the NFL. And I think um, what um, I think what made this breakthrough was just opportunity. And so a lot of these families found a lot of good opportunities. And now look at the results, man. Families are changing now, especially the Polynesian family. Yeah, because huge. of because of football. Because of sports, absolutely. That's all you know. You know, the only way you can get out from poverty is athletics. You know, just growing up, that's the only way out. And so, yeah, um, we've seen the results of it just past draft. There's a statistic that says Polynesians represent 5.4% of the top 204 players selected in the 2020 NFL draft, despite being only 0.3, despite being only 0.3% of the U.S. population. So that's, that's a big number. I mean, like, that's huge, right? Huge. Huge. So basically, what does that mean in math terms? It's basically, which means the same thing as getting in the NFL. It's less than 1% that get in the league. And that statistic is even lower for Polynesians. Mm. It's like 0.0001% it even, you know. Yeah. And, it, and the great thing about Tua going a high, you know, he has a he's a quarterback. He's not like a position that typically gets – you know, a lot of praise for being Polynesian. Like Polynesian players are usually in the linemen area, in the right? Trenches, yeah. Linemen trenches. in the trenches. So uh, that's a big win for us. I mean, Marcus Mariota went as a quarterback, right? He got drafted and he was pretty high up there, but Tua doing it. And now that's going to set the presence for other. Who's that uh, quarterback that plays for the Chiefs? Polynesian quarterback type? Uh, yeah, he just got picked up during the offseason. He came over from the XFL. Jason Tamu, I want to say his name is. Mm-hmm. Nice. So they picked – so the Chiefs picked him up from the XFL. And I was watching some of his highlights, and he looks like a little Mahomes, man, the way he plays and the way he throws the ball and runs. But I really couldn't tell how he really played it because most of the highlights I've seen, there wasn't really no pressure on him. So 
he had all day to throw. I think he'll be like the third or fourth string. Yeah, I just sent you a link. Man, Polynesians, free agents, there's a lot of them. A couple of the signed to the Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. You got David Moore, Tongan, Minnesota Vikings. Ray Lima signed free agent deal with the Miami Dolphins. Braden Fajoko, the one that was at um, LSU. LSU, he signed a free agent deal with Los Angeles Chargers. Nice. Uh, Aleva Hifo, he signed a free agent deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. Another Kansas City. BYU. Where did he go to? BYU. 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 Um, Tipa Gale, Green Bay Packers. I mean, there's this is a huge list, man. Brandon Bowen. Um, what to the Carolina Panthers? I don't see anyone signed to the Bears. That's uh, <laughs> we, can, <laughs> we can end that now. If everybody knows that I'm a huge Chicago Bears fan, but yeah, there's. How many people got drafted? Let's see here. <clears throat> Says, oh, I don't know the number. There's oh, yeah. quite a bit, though. A lot. There's a ton. Next year will be a lot, too. There's not a lot of Polynesians that will go to the NFL next year, too, and the year after that. Yeah, I think every year from now on, it's just going to keep growing. Changing families' lives, right, Coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Change your family lives, change your family situations. It's it's a blessing all the way around financially. You have money to pay for cavernas. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but when you when you get that kind of money, you have family members you don't even know. You <laughs> yeah. mm. family members start coming from everywhere. I know. I'm going to have to start looking at my history book to make sure I'm not related to any of those draft picks. <laughs> Yo, weren't you related to him? <laughs> Bust out yep. the family tree. That's it. Hey, you know if you flip your mic up, it'll mute it? Like the yeah. mom says? Yeah. <laughs> When we're on a when we're on coaching on the on the football field, there's a lot of coaches that have that mic right next to their mouth and they're yelling at their players, just yelling at them. Coach, 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 put your mic up, put your mic up, because as soon as you flip it up, then you can't hear it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry for those kids, man. Hey, this is Coach Will from Off of Football. It's a program we created a position-specific program focused on the basic fundamentals of frontline play. If you want to train with the best big man training academy in the state of Utah or in Idaho, you can visit us at offoffootball.org. We believe that 98% of the mistakes that alignment makes transpires before the ball is snapped. And Offa wants to teach you linemen how to avoid these pre-snap mistakes. Again, visit us at offoffootball.org. That's O. FFA football.org. So, our encouraging words for this week comes from uh, Mike Tyson. I think it was when he was going to fight uh, Evander Holyfield. And when he's being interviewed about that fight, he says, Everybody has a plan until they get punched. Meaning, in life, 
everybody has a plan. We have a goal. We have, we get set to do things in life, but then eventually we get punched in the mouth and something happens, something goes wrong. It, that's when your true character shows up is what you do afterwards. You get punched. Do you get up and keep going or what, what do you do after? So our encouraging words for the week is to get up from that punch after life punches you in the mouth and keep going. That's what's up. That's nice. Good job. That was perfect. Oh, yes. That was great. And I would have had to practice that a couple times. <laughs> so, <laughs> but y'all didn't know I was practicing that all night. That's <laughs> why <laughs> you had to get your composure too right before you started. <laughs> That's what's up. It was perfect. Yeah, especially getting punched by Mike Tyson. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. For real. You seen that dude right now, the way he's Even been punching now. those bags? Yeah. Yeah. Man. Have you he's seen his updated about... pics? On Dang. his Instagram? Dang, dude. Man. And he's talking about a comeback? I heard even Holyfield is talking about a comeback. Yeah. I saw something on Facebook. Did you guys see that? There's a playbill of him and versus Holyfield set for a date. I don't know if it was real or not. Man. fake. And then I seen Conor McGregor's going to do another boxing match. With, uh, who's the Hispanic guy? HBO, Canelo? no H. His, who, who sponsors? Who's his promoter? Vargas? Old guy, Macho Camacho, old Mexican guy. Yeah, the Mexican guy, not Macho Camacho. De La Hoya. De La Hoya. Yeah, Golden Boy Promotions. Uh, yeah, I heard him and um, Conor McGregor is gonna go at it. Oscar De La Hoya. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Connor's gonna get beat up again. Yeah, boxing is not the same as MMA. Everybody's okay. running out of money. They're trying to find different ways to try to get money. Yeah. What what you, what, what you mean? Oh, for like the professional sports? Yeah. Yeah. Their lifestyle. They got to keep up with their lifestyle, so they're trying to find different ways to create some revenue, which they can, right? Yeah, but how they create revenue if no fans can watch the fight? Damn, that's a have, good question. What that's they're going to have is just they're going to have a bunch of like iPads and TVs everywhere, and then people are just going to be, you know, watching the fight from the from the screens, charging them, charging them for the seat, charging them for the seat. Each <laughs> seat has an iPad. Ooh. Full uh, three. What's that thing on uh, Whoa. Facebook where you do the picture and it's three D and you can move it, move it around? What is that called? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Where you can see the picture and turn around. I wonder yeah. if they would do that. That'd be pretty cool if they had that. Buy a front row seat for like twenty k and then you can see everything. Mm-hmm. They gotta send you food and drinks too for that. Jeez, for that price. 
No, because my friend said he watched the last uh, MMA. F- oh, it was you, Joe. Yeah. The last M- on- UFC fight. Yeah. And it was what? weird because you could hear the cornerman talking. Yeah, it was. It was really weird because uh, you know they're in the middle of the ring and they're fighting, and then you can hear the the coach yell out, "Stop being a little bitch! Start hitting with the hook!" I was like, I was like, dude, what the hell? You know, he's like, start with the leg kicks. What are you doing? You're waiting too long. I'm like, dang. You really can't hear it when everything. there's a lot of fans, huh? Mm-mm, can't hear anything. Oh, that's bad for football too. You got to hear all the coaches copy copy from the sideline. Yeah. All the players too. Oof. Well, I guess they won't. They said be they're going to start uh, opening up soon. Hope so. We'll see. So even if the football coaches use the playbook to cover their mouth, it'll do no good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they even talked about it on Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan mentioned it because he was calling the fight or he was commentating. And he was saying that the cutmen and everybody were just going back and forth. And you see the fighters adjusting to each other because of what the, the corners were saying, their corner people were saying. Wow. Yeah, so the whole the whole the whole situation of the fight changed, man, you know what I mean? Like Yeah. That changes it's, everything. It's counter to the counter, like, oh oh I hear Coach yelling to throw this money mm-hmm. for it. Wow. That's interesting. So now you gotta be like baseball instead of like the catcher just throwing one sign out, throw like three different signs out and then you know, even like football, you t- you tell them to throw a counter, but it actually means something else. Hmm. Uh, mm, okay, so verbally, because if I, I'd, that would be a problem if you try to do it visually to the fighter, because the fighter's mm-hmm. getting beat up and you're you know doing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, but but for verbally, but like shouting it out, fighting. Yeah, for fighting, you could say yeah. like go into your southpaw stance, but it actually means to do something else. Yeah, but I think uh, you would constantly yeah. have to keep doing that because yeah, and once you've got to change every fight, so shish. nobody can, so there'll be no kind of pattern. And even during the fight, wouldn't you think? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if like uh, the last one, if if you if you guys ever watch any of the fights on YouTube, like some of the fighters' coaches have names. Like they'll start saying Nancy, Nancy, or they'll say you know pizza, pizza, or or something like that. And that I think that means like a certain combination that they want that fighter to do. And then the next round they'll say Karen or, you know, name something else. So I think that that some of those corners kind of build that in, uh, you know, months up to the fight. That way, you know, when the fighter hears, hey, you know, we need, you know, do Karen, you know, and that's like, you know, a leg kick, you know, like a left hook or a combo of some subkind. So I think that all that stuff is... It's interesting and cool, but something I, we should we should definitely try to get together and do like a like a football game or like a I don't know something where we kind of get together like this and um, you know talk like this and talk about the game. Have coach drop some wisdom on us on you know what this defense is doing or something like that. I think that'd be that'd be fun. More exposure for Alpha too. 
I mean, I mean, that's interesting because like there's a lot of you can steal a lot of signals in a game of football. That's why everybody covers their mouth up. Right. And when you put up signals up in the air, we always have somebody on the opposite or like for for me, I got binoculars up in the box. So I'm Ooh. watching the opposition. And so certain certain signals that they throw up tells me there's there's the personnel cues, right? Personnel meaning how many tight ends and how many running backs. So I got to put in the right defense. And so I tell our defensive coordinator what personnel is they calling in. Like a fist may mean like 11 personnel. It's like one running back, one tight end, which means there's three receivers. And so we have to match those personnel. But you steal those things so that you're ready as a defense to put in the right, to you know, just to just to prevent them from doing Because you can't put in your big package if they have a bunch of receivers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so now there's not going to be any fans. And so now everybody's going to have to make a transition and be different because you're going to be only one on the field, you know, with the signals that everybody's watching you. That's, that's, man, that's trippy. Man. That changes the whole game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this was right around your time, Will, when you was playing at ASU, how mm-hmm. teams would have, like, the big boards with, like, it would be like a claw, then it would be like an organ duck, and then the bottom would be, like, a picture of the ocean and then a tree. Yeah. Like, would that stuff ever confuse you guys when they would throw up two or three of those, you know, Absolutely. Um, trying to call offense? Because I've always thought, I was like, dude, that is crazy that they would throw these things up there like that, you know? trying to disguise the offensive play or defensive play. Yeah. Yeah, so they throw out – they put those um, those boards up, and it's like four different plays. And so mm-hmm. then – and then they already know which play that they're looking at, you know. And it's just to confuse the opposition so they don't know what they're running. But it was more yeah. geared towards the, the no-huddle offense. You know, oh, okay, okay. That's why they put the board up so guys can look at it while they're walking up to the line of scrimmage and they can run mm-hmm. that play right away. It was it was Oregon. I think Oregon who invented it. I never really realized how how intense it got in football games when it came to you know, I don't know, was it thirty seconds or sixty seconds before the play has to go off? But just how intense it is, we're like, offense will call a play. Then you look at the defense. Defense will look at, you know, the defensive coach will call a play. Then he gets to the play out, and then he looks back, sees the formation. Then he goes back and starts moving guys around. Like, it's just a game of, like, chess, man. Straight up, it is. A lot of times, it's just guessing based on what you watch on film. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just wow, guessing, that, hopefully, wow. hoping hoping that, you know, you're in the right defense, you're in the right coverage to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does get really intense. Plays with your mind. That's why I can't be on the sideline. I only have to be up in the box because I get too emotional downstairs. Yeah. You know, just because when dudes do stuff wrong, I think about it the whole time and I forget about how we're – I forget about the game plan that we created going into the game. And so I mm-hmm. just be calling whatever I want. <laughs> and so <laughs> it, it used to get me in trouble a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just calling whatever I want on the football field. Man, it's tight, though. 
and now you're just chilling up in the box? Yeah, man, I'm a box guy now. Like, you know, it's just funny to... When Do I, you when get I emotional say, in the box? Oh, yeah, all the time. Just just because I know what's coming. I can. I watch so much film that I know based on formation and where the players are at. I know what plays they like, you know, what plays they like to run. And our players aren't doing, they're not executing what we did in practice, you know. You're relying on them to rely on the practice that we've done during the week. Yeah. Oh, prepare man. for that. Yeah. How much that's time where, do you have? Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. Like, how much time do you have from when the play is done, the mic is on, and then you see what they're doing? Well, how much time do you have to relay what you're seeing to the coach before your mic gets turned off. Because is that how it works? Like you only have, what, like 10, 15 seconds and then it cuts off? Yeah, in the NFL, for the NFL, for the quarterbacks to talk to the to the quarterbacks, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's only – because, you know, the in the NFL, they have mics in their helmet where they can hear the play. Oh, That's why okay. they cover their mouths and tell them to play. I think it's 15 seconds. As soon as 15 seconds is over, then – that microphone cuts off in their ear and then they run the play. But like when the defense is out there, I'm concentrating more on what packages are coming in and out of the football field. When the offense goes out, then that's when we write down all our stats. We transfer all our information and try to figure out, okay, this is what they like to do on first and 10. This is what I like to do based on down the distance. And then we game plan it accordingly. So we have a plan for the next series. You know, but if, Man, the going, if the office is going three and out, it's like it's hard for us to make adjustments, you know, to try to find that pattern of what they're, how they're attacking us. Mm-hmm. So I don't Do even you know prefer- what goes on an offense. Yeah, no, it's just strictly just defense doing what you got to do and that's it. Yeah, just because we're writing stuff down, we're drawing stuff on the board, on the side, trying to mm-hmm. figure out how we can – be a little bit more, you know, successful and not let him drive on us and score another touchdown. Man. Man, I bet you begin hella hype when y'all, uh, when y'all be uh, stopping them and stuff. Three and outs. Oh, what's what's know. better for you? Yeah, what's better? What would you, do you consider uh, better for you? Like a shutout or winning a close game? That's a good question. I think everybody loves shout-outs. That just means that we're clicking at all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And the close games are, I think that's what builds the character. That's when we get punched in the mouth. But, you know, that just comes down to our players. And that's the importance of recruiting, you know, because the players don't do – like it happens in the league all the time, man. Like, they got to be able to understand what their what their responsibilities are, and they always make mistakes. But that's why you try to get the best athletes out there, because even though you make mistakes, you got multiple athletes out there, they kind of cover up all the mistakes that the other players make. Mm. That makes sense. If you, got a, if you got a speedster, if you got somebody who's really fast or good at playing man, you know, you don't really have to, like, do too much – 
because you know you got a lot of athletes that can cover for those mistakes. Unless you just have guys that have been playing the game together for a long time, that they just know how to play together. Mm. But I would say a blowout. The blowouts are – I'd rather get – on the opposite side, I'd rather get blown out than lose than lose by a point or lose by a touchdown. You know what I mean? Last minute. Just blow me yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. Then I have a bad week. And get ready for the next game. They opening things up in Utah yet? Uh, for teams yeah. to start getting together and practice and stuff? So we got a um, we got a football camp that we put together that nobody knows about. Oh, it's a really? in, it's an invite only football camp for linemen. Nice. Um, so I invited the top top offensive and defensive linemen in the state of Utah. It'll be here, and just for us to get together to kind of put some stuff on film. Um, it'll be at Juan Diego High School this Saturday. Um, they'll be swagged out in some off-out gear nice. that we got for the kids. And then I told all the kids that they can't put nothing on social media until after. You know, we don't want too many people at the event. So that'll mm-hmm. be fun. It's fun when you have the number one player in the state of Utah that's going to be there, the number two, the number three, you know, prospect in the state that's going to be at the camp. You got to put them together, man. You got to let them go at it. And then they just, they call me like crazy asking me when we're going to do it again because, you know, they want to go against good competition. Yeah. Man, Coach, I had a quick question for you. Uh, Like, uh, whenever you post on uh, Twitter, I'm always watching those videos. But what's the importance of, like, uh, when when the, the defense alignment, when he goes down, then he has to do, like, the rock? You know, and then he gets down and kind of like rocks and then moves his hand around. What's the importance of that? What was your question again? So I was watching one of your videos on Twitter, and you had these linemen doing the drill where they're st- they stand up, and then you have them um, get on, do the three-point stance. But before you get into his three-point stance, you have a rock. Um, gotcha. Yeah, so what's the importance of that? Because when I saw that, I was like, dang, I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of similar to wrestling, UFC fighting, right? You got to be able to distribute your weight and feel the weight distribution in your feet. So, like, if mm. you're going to get thrown, you know how to, like, sink your weight a certain way so that you can't get thrown. Does that mm. make sense? So, oh, like, yeah, yeah, get, okay. Yeah, you you know, because somebody's going to throw you to the ground, you know how to, like, distribute your weight in wrestling so you can't get thrown. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You got to be able to feel your balance, your your normal balance. And so I have those guys rock so they can feel their weight and their body. Because football is not straight line, man. Football's different kind of directions. And so they got to be able to warm their feet up. So they can they can move and react to the office alignment's movement. Nice. Oh, okay. I thought that was cool. I thought that was dope. 
I was like, man, I gotta ask him next time I next time I talk to him because because just seeing each one of them do that, I was like, dang, this dude is teaching them like the most basic fundamentals that are gonna help them be really successful as they you move up. Like, I think just with anything, when you learn the basics and you do them correctly, you know, it helps you get stronger and better. So, I thought that was dope, yeah. coach. Yeah, man, I was uh, I was reading a book. It was talking about some guys from the military saying that when bullets start flying, um, the soldiers don't panic because they've relied on their on their basic fundamentals. No one panics, you know. So when you teach a kid or you teach a person the fundamentals of whatever they're going into, when bullets start flying, people start to panic. People run. People hide. You know. And so the soldiers, they learn how to stick to the fundamentals, stick to the footwork and, and whatever they learn and, and camp and apply it when it's hard. Same concept. That's a great concept. Not only that applies to technique and form in playing football, the, the game of football, but also towards adversity within your own personal life. Would you guys agree? Yes. So that when bullets start flying towards you personally and to your family let's say you deal with with uh, dealing with a death or dealing with bills can't pay a bill or something or dealing with a car accident just normal everyday things that when adversity that type of adversity hits you don't duck and run between your tail between your th between your legs you you know how to you know toward, turn and face that opposition or adversity and keep going right you rely on your training that's all it is. Expound on that, Coach. Yeah, man. I'm, um, so, so the 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 military guy who who was speaking talked about holding your point. That was their main deal. Hold your point, right? And then the soldiers to have certain points that they have to get to. You. I, I only know because I play those video games, right? You get to a point, you're successful, and you have to get to another point, right? And so they talked about holding your point, making sure that. Everybody has a job. Everybody knows the work, what, what they're supposed to do. And the most important part is relying on the guy next to you that he's going to do his job, you know. And all that just comes from discipline, from, you know, doing it over and over again, million, million thousand reps. So when you get in a situation where it becomes hard, it's easy because you've done it, for, you know, so many times. You know, I, I used to want to – pretend that I wanted to join the military and become a Navy SEAL. And then I seen, you ever watched their training, the Navy SEAL training? Have you ever seen any of those videos <laughs> or documentaries? Yeah. Well, the whole premise is they put them through hell for certain weeks, right? They only go off of a certain amount of sleep for the whole week or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then they, the whole reason for doing that, I think the underlining thing for doing that is to see if they're going to quit on their brother. Mm-hmm. That's I'm like deep. what? <laughs> yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of universities football programs are trying to implement those type of strategies into their trainings during the off season. So they always bring in like military guys to come and teach them um, that same concept because the military is they've mastered it. You know, America's mastered it in the military. And so they want to implement that same, those same concepts, those same principles into football because it's the same thing. 
Yeah, you're going into battle against other people. It's a it's a game, right? But like, literally, you got to rely on the next dude to do his job. Yeah. Playing sports, man. Playing football back in my Dixie days, that was that was fun, man. You got that was fun. It was fun. It was fun. Junior college days, man. Dixie Rebels. Now they're the Dixie Stagecoach or something, right? <laughs> something. <laughs> Anyhow, but yeah, that's deep, man. So many fundamental key things. Learning, man. Expound on that, man, because that's off the hook. (laughs) You know, when I realized what they were doing with the Navy SEALs, like they they treat them that harsh and put them through that much hell to see if they will quit. I'm like, damn, that's it. Oh, sheesh. If they will go read the bell, huh? Yeah, ring the bell. Yep. It's amazing. Man, the mental fortitude for that type of that type of emotional, physical and mental destruction that you're going through for those amount of weeks in order to really call that person next to you your brother. Like that's intense, man. And you know, we need stuff like stuff that will help us build up ourselves to withstand some of these things that we deal with on a daily basis, you know, reading good books, involving being around good people, you know, like-minded people, high goals or high values. I think being around those things and seeking out the intently, you know, intentionally seeking out those things will help us when those times of adversity and times of, you know, whatever happen, like, COVID right now. You can see who the people were prepared and the people who will have crumbled because of this thing. Mm. Yeah, that's a great point. And usually if you're prepared, you're not scared. Oh. Mm-hmm. You're ready. Like a, that's a scripture. I love it, Tech. <laughs> if you are prepared, you should not fear. Mm. Yeah. You look that one up. What is that one? I think it's all over. Yeah, and, and and that's a lot about the training, man. It's making the kids feel uncomfortable, um, and just learning how to play when you're tired. You know, learning how to think when you're tired. And I think that's what the successful people talk about a lot, man. It's being able to adjust. The word they use a lot on the books that I researched is pivot. You know, learning how to pivot. What? Dude, yeah. the game of football is amazing. You not only are you teaching the kids like I mean I don't I don't realize it now until until now. You know, back when I was playing, I didn't realize all that stuff, but that's some deep stuff. You're not just teaching, you're teaching life skills. I think the schedule of a uh college football player, no matter what level, is definitely teaching a lot. You gotta get up early, you gotta work out, eat. And you have classes, you gotta learn. And after that you have another practice, maybe work out, do conditioning, and you have to come home and you gotta study. And I think that's a good enough preparation for, you know, if football ends up not being the thing that you're going to do, then you've been doing something for four years that's prepared you for, you know, life outside, you know, life outside of college. And it really tests yourself to like, because I remember playing and training. It's hard. It's harder to train in the off season because you know you don't have a football game coming up. It's 
and like you kind of second guess yourself if you really want to play ball, you know. So like for all these high school kids to be excited that they got a football scholarship, they don't understand that all of a sudden they become slaves to the game once they enter into that four-year university. You know, it's just the way that they, how they handle it. And they may be good in high school, but when you go to college, man, everybody's good. And so that's a lot of things that I keep in mind when I train the kids. It's like, I'm not preparing you to just show up and get a scholarship, man. I'm preparing you to at least when you arrive, that you're prepared and you can at least compete for a position. You know, I don't want you to register. I want you to play so you can maximize a lot of your, a lot of your time. So you're not just doing whatever you want. And I think that's the, that's what separates off from everybody. It's just the mindset, the direction that we want to go. When you graduate from high school and you go to college, I don't want you just to just to be a red shirt or just go through the motions unless you have to. I want you to go to compete. You're listening to the Encouragers Podcast Show.